Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Claire Knowlton. Hey! Hey. She's back. She's back. Thanks for having me. In person. Oh my god, in person. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah, it's almost over at least where we are. And by it, I mean COVID. And we can all safely gather together. Because we're all vaccinated. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, one of the reasons we wanted to follow up with you, Claire, is because the last time we talked, you were about to get vaccinated. Indeed, yes. For the first time ever. Ever. For the first time in forever. For the first time ever. In forever. So you did it. Yeah. You got both shots. I did. Well, and just to step back a moment, the last time we all heard from you, you were talking with a fast-talking scientist that we brought in, Dr. Paul He was Offit. very fast-talking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because he's so full of knowledge. It just comes out faster than the normal rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but even I, I don't mean even I as in like, even I. I would just mean I also <laughs> was listening to him going, oh my goodness, wait, I got to replay this a couple times and figure out what's going on. Do you think that was helpful, though, like that process of getting to have some of those questions answered? Oh, yeah, it definitely was. He was certainly a... Uh, Fount of knowledge, and I'd asked you, Carrie, I was like, well, shouldn't I send him my questions in advance? I don't know. It just felt like, don't people have to prepare to, like, oh, yeah. answer things? But obviously, he's an expert in this field. He, and he so swims he just, in these details. He just knew off the cuff every answer I wanted and every answer I didn't. I mean, he just kind of knew everything, and yeah. guessing where my questions might be headed. But yeah, it was good to actually, like, re-listen to the interview after... Mm. The episode came out, Michael and I listened to it, and... Your boyfriend, Michael. uh, Yeah, my boyfriend, Michael. And there were a number of points where we paused. We were like, what the heck? And then, like, (laughs) rewound and listened again. And we're like, oh, okay. And um, one of our mutual friends, Carrie Joy, she had emailed me and said that he had talked so fast she tried listening on um, on Ruggie's speed, speed, but then he just sounded drunk. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny because, A, Joy is a very fast talker, Mm -hmm. maybe one of my fastest talking friends, and B, I feel like I missed this conversation. I didn't think he was that fast talking. I think he packed in a lot of information into what he was. uh, Oh, no, even I was thinking like, oh, should we tell him to maybe? No, this is his delivery. Boy, I was just, I was like, I get it. (laughs) <laughs> no problem. Processing well, this. Well, you're we're not all caring. Yes. <laughs> or I was like, I'm satisfied. And, <laughs> and to your point, I think everybody sounds drunk if you slow them down enough. And I feel like in the edit, I need to slow down this passage as I'm speaking now and demonstrate how drunk I sound. Ooh, let's all say <laughs> something normal and then see how it sounds drunk. Okay. Okay. The three caballeros. The three caballeros. They say we are birds of a feather. Oh, no, you're looking at me. <laughs> no, it's like, your turn. I'm supposed to say something. <laughs> um, oh, God. 
<laughs> that was <laughs> the theme song to Disney's The Three Caballeros. No, I was definitely following okay, that. Good. And the only thing that came to mind was no windows and no doors. <laughs> like Perfect. I'm in the haunted mansion. All right, okay. well, you just said it drunk sounding. Oh, good. Speaking of Disney, I decided to reward myself for getting the vaccine by getting a ticket to Disneyland. That's a very good treat. Thank Definitely. You. Drew and I went to California Adventure a few weeks ago oh. when it was at quarter capacity. Amazing, which See, is ugh. how everybody that's wants I, it to be. Yep. So that's what I was trying to do was go to Disneyland at this like reduced capacity. Yeah. And then, of course, they had this very complicated ticket and reservation system. So, like, you see if there's a reservation available, and there is. And then you buy your ticket, and then you go make your reservation. And by the time I got my ticket, the reservation that I wanted was gone. Right. And then they started to really be gone. So I ended up getting one for the end of June. And California opens back up on July and June 15th. So it's just going to be normal It's going to be normal. I really wanted to experience it. I was tempted, but I feel like I've had so much more access to Disneyland than anybody else. So I just didn't want to jump in that fray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after the interview then, you hadn't already scheduled an appointment, but you did shortly thereafter. Yeah. Gosh, I can't remember the exact details now. I want exact details. The order of sequencing. But yes, I scheduled my appointment shortly thereafter. So I had my, my first dose kind of like toward the beginning of May and then my second dose toward the like middle end of May. And we've had a lot of follow-up questions from people. A lot of people just wanted to know, was it hard for you to avoid vaccines at other points in your life? Were there school admissions or travel plans that somehow caused you to actively duck or avoid being vaccinated? No. I mean, no the tetanus only, shots, nothing like that? The only thing I remember of like an active avoidance was when I studied abroad in college, they like make an appointment for you to get a meningitis vaccine. Oh, okay. And I just didn't show. Okay. And no one that noticed? Was nobody followed up. Nobody. Ooh. Whoopsie. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, the system works. <laughs> No, so that was the only one. I mean, I don't recall like any sort of vaccination drives at school or no visits to another country where they said, "Oh, you better get your you know TDAP or anything like that." That was my first time traveling abroad. So, oh, okay, pretty nuts. But we grew up in California, where Mm -hmm. opting out for conscience reasons, I think is how they put it, is not too difficult to do. Well, not anymore. When was we were not kids, too difficult to it do. was not very difficult. But I think the law changed like in 2015 or 2016. And right. I definitely have childhood friends, you know, because the whole sort of like community around me was also anti-vax. It wasn't just my parents. Like yeah. certainly the kids I went to school with, it mm-hmm. was like everyone was vaccinated. Don't talk about this. But like the hippie, vegetarian, vegan, health food, back to nature, sweat lodge in the backyard, like new age, that whole community like was full of unvaccinated kids and parents who were anti-vax. And that was kind um, of the community that your parents found for you and was also part of, it sounds like you're saying the extended family as well. I mean, like my extended family didn't live close by. Like I don't have a bunch of okay. cousins. There's very few kids in my family Ah, like even even to count every cousin of any configuration stepkids married into family like whole thing both sides of my family there's 
six. It's total. a well pruned family mm-hmm. tree. And many of us not even like biologically related. Oh wow. Um, okay. so yeah, so it's a small family. It's a but, small, um, small world. What was the original question here? What were we talking about? Oh I was just curious oh, about avoiding vaccines. Yeah, whether it required active avoidance. A- active to, avoidance. Right. Yeah. I don't think it did like for my parents and for me and for like the kids, you know, my age that like grew up in this yeah. this community. And so when my mom needed to submit like vaccination records, she would just submit a form that said like because of religious or conscientious reasons I choose not to vaccinate mm-hmm. my kids. And so that's what she would submit like mm-hmm. for me and my sister. But yeah, so there are childhood friends of mine who are adults and they have children and when California changed the laws, mm-hmm. they chose to homeschool their kids so as mm-hmm. not to have their children vaccinated. That's a big change. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that was it's in that. Line. That in is that, active. Yeah, that was exactly. That's a much more active choice than right. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Okay. What but I that was kind of made before your involvement. You inherited that just by being in your family. Yeah, not being vaccinated was something I was just sort of like born into. Yeah, Yeah. the way I was born into being vaccinated. Do you see that at all as kind of a privileged position to be able to avoid vaccines or not feel that you need them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of things going on there, right? Like one is we live in a country with a decent healthcare system. It's not great, but like it's decent and Mm -hmm. we have... Running water, sanitation, access to nutrition and food. We don't have raw sewage running in the streets. You know, there's like basic stuff that just allows you to be more safe. And in other parts of the world, like that is absolutely not the case. And the ability to like avoid those diseases isn't there. And And there's certainly like a reliance on herd immunity that I think is like quite selfish, right? Well, other people are going to get the vaccine. Right. And so they'll be fine. Mm -hmm. You know, therefore my kids will be fine. And we've got a couple generations worth of clearing out of polio and measles and mumps and some of these other things that we all could have gotten. So I was surprised. I didn't know this. My dad wasn't vaccinated until he joined the military. So his mom, like he remembers When all the kids, you know, this is like 40s and 50s, all the kids in grammar school being like marched across the street to the high school for a vaccine drive to get their polio vaccine. And he was the one kid who stayed behind because his mom didn't want him vaccinated. I thought that like, wow. Yeah, I thought this was like new to my generation of like me and my sister. You told me this recently and I was surprised in the opposite direction. I was like, your dad's had a vaccine? (laughs) That was the big thing, right? Yeah, Yeah, because to me, I don't know. I mean, I've known Gary most of my life now and it's hard for me to imagine him like sitting still for anyone putting a <laughs> shot in his arm well or I mean, in his he, butt you know or in his butt my dad was in the marines and he got a penicillin shot sure. right to the butt well yeah. and you don't have a choice when you join the military I guess so but which... like I picture him then refusing well so Vietnam War you were only able to have one conscientious objector per family and so that was... Whoa, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Interesting. So you'd so fuck that was, over your brother if you said yeah. no, and he also didn't want to... Right. Whoa. So his older brother was the conscientious objector. Oh, who was... You've met my uncle Pren. He's like so gentle. He's such just like a scientist. And mm. and my dad is much more like physically active mm. and, and that sort of stuff. Mm, so gotcha. I guess they sort of agreed as a family that like Pren would be the conscientious objector. Oh my goodness. My dad signed up for... The Air National Guard. This is some Mulan shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so get this. 
before he joined the Air National Guard, he was living at the ashram. So oh, like the Vedanta the, Center like, where Claire's family worshipped. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Whoa. like and then joined the Air National Guard and did that. Got an honorable discharge. <laughs> I don't know how he managed to get an honorable discharge for this, but like he objected to their food waste. So they would force him, like when he had kitchen duty, he tells this story of all these beautiful pies that didn't get eaten. <laughs> and he was ordered to run them down the garbage disposal. Oh, no. oh wow. And he refused. Wow. And, and they were like, go report to whoever. And he's like, I'm on my way. And he took a couple pies with him and he went to this... <laughs> Whoever, this like major general, I don't know what the title is, and sat down and like explained his, oh my God, explained his whole position. And like on the weekends, he was like protesting the Vietnam War at the same time that he was like in the Air National Guard. And and so whoever this person in charge was, was like, you really shouldn't be here. And like somehow gave him an gave him an honorable discharge and he got to leave early and he went back to living at the ashram, right? So like you living a monastic son. life in a Vedantic religious community. So like what uh I, <laughs> wow. I love the thought of this general or whoever it is saying, sorry, son, the military is all about destroying pies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This is an issue that cannot be fixed. Yeah, I love the person who's like, I will join, I will go, I will fight. But if you are throwing out a fucking pie, <laughs> that for me is the last hey, straw I, I love. <laughs> that is the last strawberry pie. Uh-huh. I, uh, yeah, what kind of pie was it? I think it was boysenberry. Oh, that's my the heart, the wound. No, no, I have to ask I him to tell bad. this story. He remembers every detail too. He remembers like the name of the, the officer that like let him go, and the name of the officer who like sent him off to the oh, grumpy guy. Wow. He okay. just remembers like all of so, those details. So the okay. arborist doesn't fall far from the tree. This goes back how many generations? How many? How many? Well, I don't think it went back that far <laughs> oh, because okay. I mean there weren't like vaccines. inoculations yeah, in the don't type go far. of way. But Ashrams go back. Oh, how far back does joining yeah. like the Ananda Ashram go? My dad was introduced to the ashram when he was seven years old. His parents went, I think because it was like a friend of my grandmother's was like, you know, check this out. They absolutely loved it. My dad said like, where can I sign up as like a seven-year-old kid? And so my grandmother was like super involved there. She was the secretary to the guru, traveled to India with her, did like all of her correspondence. Everyone in my family has been pretty heavily involved there. So many of my family members have like lived there. Even my uncle, when he was at Harvard, he lived at the ashram in Massachusetts, like the sister oh, wow. center in Massachusetts, like in college. And <laughs> d- at a- does this descend from a particular guru? Yeah. So it was part of the Ramakrishna order. Um, oh, so okay. Vivekananda, like you will, Ramakrishna and Vivekananda, like as you do your different explorations into different places, they come you up see a lot. their pictures all, yeah. the, time, oh, all the time, right? Because like Vivekananda really brought Vedanta to the West. Yeah. So Paramananda, Swami Paramananda was the founder of 
the ashram, the Ananda Ashrama in Los Angeles, yeah. in La Crescenta, the one in Cohasset, Massachusetts, and then there's one more in India. I'm just curious, cause yeah. when did they set up? Because I know Paramahansa Yogananda that we looked at with the Self-Realization yeah. Fellowship, he came in the 20s. Yeah, so Ananda Ashrama in, in La Crescenta was set up in 1923. Oh, wow. Um, Paramananda had come over a little bit before that. Vivekananda came over, I think, in like the 1890s. Okay. So was part of the Ramakrishna order. And then when... Paramananda was dying, whatever. He named Gayatri Devi, his niece, a woman, as the guru to take over. And that's who's the guru for my grandparents and my parents and who I also knew as a child. And the Ramakrishna order was like, oh, no, 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 no. We shall send you a male Swami. And the community was like, nope. Like, Mm. Paramananda said that it's Mataji. Male rejected. It's Mataji. This is who's been part of this community and who's been appointed the leader. And so they left the Ramakrishna order. I think it's really interesting that for a lot of people in the U.S., religion is a place in which you learn that women don't have power, that Mm -hmm. men are in charge and men are leading things. And like for my childhood, it was always, you know, this Indian woman was the most powerful, revered, revered, respected person just like in our universe. And like my grandmother made decisions about the number of children to have based on what Madhaji told her. I don't want to get too caught up on the Vedanta part of this. Um, in part, <laughs> this is and, another episode. This is another episode, uh, and it is all fascinating. I've been to that ashram a number of times. It's really beautiful as well. But and tell me if this is wrong, Claire. But my perception is that it wouldn't be quite right to say you weren't vaccinated because you were of that religion. Oh, but definitely not. Right, but more yeah. that like you were part of this very like down to earth nature loving community and one detail of that was this religious yes absolutely and like the current leader who's also a woman she wants the entire community to be vaccinated and folks to be vaccinated before they come back to the temple so then how has your family reacted to you being vaccinated if you feel comfortable sharing just kind of like well that's a personal choice okay and i guess you'll be fine i hope you'll be fine Well, that could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. No pseudoscience around vaccine shedding, them worried about you infecting them with your vaccinated self. No, I have never heard that one. Oh, that's it. Don't tell them. Is that a a thing? Don't give them that that idea. Oh, it's a stupid idea that you can somehow shed the vaccine and that other people can catch the vaccine from your presence. Oh, There's some bad ideas out there that that really fail on every level of plausibility. No worrying about that. Okay. Yeah, since I've been fully vaccinated. I've gotten to see my parents once and give them a hug. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. I recently talked to a very casual friend and she was saying that it reminds her of pre-Hitler Germany and she seemed really scared, really mm-hmm. scared. And mm-hmm. all I could think to say was actually I modeled this after something Drew said to me once where I woke up in a panic attack before this last election was like Trump's gonna win and then there's gonna be civil war and then like there's gonna be like tanks on our street and like I was just really freaking out and Drew just said I am so sorry you are having fears like this that is so awful I'm so sorry Mm, and it it was yeah and it was really effective like I could tell he didn't he share didn't share those, those fears. fears. But mm-hmm. yeah, but he really was just there with me in the emotions. So I did that with my friends. I just said like, 
oh my God, I can't even imagine feeling like I am in pre-Hitler Germany. That mm. is so scary. I'm so sorry. And we were able to have just like a conversation from that place instead of, we just kind of didn't bother with the details. Mm -hmm. Carrie's friend is not Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's correct. (laughs) Well, you didn't know that, but you're right. You guessed correctly. (laughs) I ventured. See, you you could have said I was wrong. You know, something that's been really interesting to kind of track, and I haven't, I haven't tracked it that closely, but it's to see how the nature of the concern like morphs and shifts over time. So I haven't heard anyone who's a vaccine skeptic talk about microchips since pretty early into this whole thing. Mm. So it's funny because like, you know, I kind of straddle like these two communities a little bit. And so for folks who aren't in these vaccine skeptic communities, I think we hear the most extreme concerns and latch on to those but like nobody's Mm. talking about microchips anymore nobody's talking Mm. about lizard blood nobody's talking about like i don't know people turning into zombies right they're talking about the side effects are severe and they're being Mm underreported the databases are being scrubbed so we're not getting the information about Mm. how dangerous this actually is the vaccine is a pathway to control because we'll be able to structure society based on your health status, your health records. And this is a mechanism to build a global database of who is and is not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And then once that infrastructure is in place, then you can deny, you can offer or deny any type of freedom around the type of work you do, around the places that you travel, what you can buy, how you're tracked, how you're monitored. And they point to China, they point to Israel, you know, they point Mm -hmm. to places in the world. It would have to be an international coordination. Yep. Yep. Like they point to places in the world where it's like, you can see facial recognition technology used everywhere and social scoring. You Mm -hmm. can see there are vaccine passports in Israel. We aren't setting those up here. It's interesting the way in which the concerns have shifted and changed. And yes, there absolutely still are these like circulating things around. Uh, my, it's dangerous for your health, but okay. it seems to be much There's more, more now on about top of this, that. like it's a government control thing. Why would they force mm-hmm. you to get this thing that's so dangerous for your health mm-hmm. if not to control Now the that we've assumed population. this is their motive, mm-hmm. yeah, what can we extrapolate? My first thought on that is just that's very optimistic about the skills of the government to mm-hmm. conduct that's all That's what I think, too. I'm yeah, like, like, oh, my God. What, one of the, you think we have robust data systems? W- like, <laughs> one of the, Go the, to a library. <laughs> right, right. One of the you know funny kind of write-offs I've seen of conspiracy theories is just that you know anyone who holds kind of these ideas of global coordination and tracking on all of that has never been a project manager right (laughs) right yes (laughs) i think the same thing not how any of this works but also another argument is well look at us we've all got our phones they know how to track us if they want to we have plenty it doesn't require putting anything in anyone's arm to leave aside all of the mechanics of a microchip and how you would power that and use it as an antenna to track anyone from any kind of distance. None of that really computes scientifically. So I also feel that going to the other guy's motive for explanation is usually a real red flag to me of like, we're doing these mental shortcuts of if I can paint you as 
evil or ill-motivated. Right. That's kind of all I need to know about you. Now there's just like a cloud over you. Yes. There's nothing else I need to sort of understand about you. You're harvesting you. children's blood. Therefore, <laughs> sure, I the, can write off everything yeah, you say. Yeah, that's the ugliest version. But yeah, even the, you know, every politician is bad. This sort of like depersonalization version. Right. But yeah. then I think there's also like the motive isn't clearly defined. So it just becomes right. this like villain twirling their mustache. So like, why? What are they trying to accomplish? And why use this mechanism mm -hmm. as the most effective and direct mechanism? I'm going to invent a virus or I'm going to create a virus and then release it or I'm going to fake a virus and then I'm going to come up with this vaccine, but I'm not going to make it readily available and I won't have it right at the beginning when everyone <laughs> wants it. And then, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, like the whole like train of what has to unfold. So like, what is it that they want, whoever they are, right. in going about all this work? So like control power, but like for what? To right. what and Why do they want to track us? What is, right. Yeah. What do they get out of that? Right. Oh, Carrie went to the bank today. Sure. We got her. You've pointed to a big picture, but what's the bigger picture? Like you got to come up Let's with some sort of one more like, level. I want to make a bunch of money at least. I mean, like yeah. something that's not how like villains work. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like they have, they have some sort of self-interest <laughs> that they're right. trying to advance. Otherwise, like, why put in all this and, effort? And I think you've identified there's so much post hoc logic going on. Well, here's the situation. So who intended for it to end up this way? Mm -hmm. You know, like, this is what we've been handed. So who set that up? Mm -hmm. And again, it's this kind of almost optimistic thinking that someone has that much control and foresight sure. to create the eventualities that they want. And then I thought it was interesting. You were talking about how they now look at statistics and say, well, you're covering up the danger of the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Whereas before that same logic was saying, well, you're overcounting the danger of the virus. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that argument just gets used. Well, the whole thing's a lie. You can't trust any of the information. But we'll and use then, CDC data whenever it looks like it's saying something we want it to. Sure. Yes. We will always cherry pick whatever we need. If there's, and I there's someone with a PhD that. after their name that agrees with us, then, well, now we really respect PhDs. But there's, you know, but there's only six media companies. They're mm -hmm. all controlled. All of the information we're getting Which is, is true lies, and not great. And, well, that's not true. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm editorializing <clears throat> on top of you. Oh, totally. <laughs> Your representation totally. of what they're saying. Yeah. Right. And everyone, you know, people on the other side of the conversation do the same thing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, it's very easy to be like, aha, there's a thing I like. I'm going to use. <laughs> right. Look at this Fox News reporter who said something I agreed <laughs> with. Now I'm going to even Fox News says. Right. 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 You know, but yep. you ignore yep. everything else they say. Good yeah. point. So going back to the moment where you got a vaccine. Yeah. Yes. You sent me an audio memo of the moments before you got it. Yes. And then, and then the moments after. And what I was really curious about was your emotional state. How were you feeling before that? Were you pretty scared? Oh, my God. I was so scared. I was really calling on kind of like every emotional reserve and mental trick I had to like mm. not drive away. I got out of the car. I got in line. I like standing in line, moving through the line. I was like fighting back tears probably like four or five times throughout oh. just like standing in line and I'd be like oh my god oh my god I'm gonna cry and I'm really scared and like mm. everyone's gonna see me crying oh god and like I'm okay. so happy to be here <laughs> take some take some deep breaths and like center myself and I could just feel that like 
my face was red. My eyes were red. I could like feel that that's how I looked, but Mm. I was really grateful to just sort of have my mask on and like, Mm. yeah. So I was really like (sighs) collecting myself (sighs) as I'm like getting to my turn. And there were many times in line I was like, I could just leave. No, it wouldn't even matter. I could just leave. I'm like, no. And I got there and then it was like, okay, I'm next. I'm almost next. Okay. And I felt like I really gotten myself collected. I was very proud of myself. And so I sat down with the guy and I was like, oh, hi, how are you doing? And, you know, had some little <laughs> conversation. I was like, how many of these do you do a day? Wow, 50 to 75. That's a lot. Okay. And, and the way he interacted with me, I thought like, Oh, he can really tell. Like <laughs> he, <laughs> he sees he, through the confident veneer. He was he was like so kind and he was just like, You got this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aww. And I was oh it was he was very what a very sweet lab tech. And so then it was like Oh man, he can really tell. <laughs> I love it. So well, I you know, know I'm going out on a limb here, but I wonder if it's even one percent possible that he's a listener. Oh, because person in LA, maybe. I, don't know, I mean, and like Kaiser, you hand and you hand over your, card, your name, right? yeah. Like so they see your all your stuff, so he's filling your stuff out. I'm gonna live Who in that Let's world where that that's world. what happened. I feel like he would have said so. Well, I'm gonna I, maybe not for because of. Patient confidentiality oh, stuff. Of course, of course. I'm going to live in the world where he sees 50 to 75 people a day and he knows how to spot one. And he knows how to spot the ones who are freaking out. And, yeah. and that's awesome that he said the thing that it sounds like you needed. I mean, people have told me, like, you don't have a poker face. <laughs> and, like, apparently I really don't. But so, with the mask on, though, you know, that's... I know. Uh, I know. That's impressive. So I so got the shot on the left arm. I wore, like, a little cap sleeve kind of... 1940s shirt tied around the waist. That was pretty cute. Oh, yeah. They you were commented. Ready. Thank you for like, the visual. Okay. I was like, I wore short sleeved. <laughs> I've done this a lot of times. I wore short sleeves. Such ridiculous things. Like, of course, you can tell. You're going to put a band aid on me now, huh? I know all about this. Hello, fellow vaccinated children. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so he gave me the shot, and then I was like, oh, the arm pain is immediate. Mm. He's like, yeah, and can you feel it moving down your arm, which I could. And I was like, like, yes. You felt an internal movement. Yes, yes. I felt like this tingly, like, feeling of kind of liquidy type thing, like, move down to my elbow. I've had that happen, like, twice ever. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that that you got that on your first time. Fascinating. I don't recognize that at all. Okay. So, but he apparently did, because I didn't say, oh, I can feel it moving down my arm. Mm -hmm. He, like, asked. Suggested that. Okay, so I guess that's normal. Good. Which may have also affected you feeling it. Well, no, I was... You were I was aware that I was feeling it, and I I kind of didn't want to, like say that but it did hurt my mm-hmm. my arm was really sore like immediately yeah but yeah so and you know they observe you for 15 minutes mm-hmm. afterwards and then I went back in the car so the whole thing took about an hour there was like quite a long mm. line and it was funny because like when I first got in line I was kind of out in the sunshine before you like enter this tent area and I thought oh the tent is where the vaccines are so maybe oh, there's right. 10 people in front of me but like, no, the tent is like this 
second check-in area. Mm-hmm. And then you like go through this building and then you go past this corner and around this corner. And pretty soon there started being whiteboard walls that had things written on it that were like, keep going, line up past the bathroom. The vaccine's wow. this way. You're almost there. They're I mean, really was, testing your stick-to-itiveness it was, here. It was a really long line. Or maybe so. you need to do a little bit of light exercise before getting the vaccine. And this <laughs> oh, is just the way that they plan to make you get light exercise. Uh, how dare they? So that was the first one. The second one, I and, got it at a different time of day and it was much quieter. I didn't have to wait in line at all, but I did have to walk past all those whiteboards again. But <laughs> But yeah, I hardly had to wait in line. There were like three people in front of me, much less scary. Though I did have some, in the days leading up to it, I was like, I don't have to get the second shot. I've got the first one. That's some immunity right there. That's like 70% protection. I don't have to get the second one. But but I went and I did it. I still have a little bruise on my arm to prove it. I bruised so easily. Oh, wow. And the second shot, the shot hurt. I don't think I had as good mm. of a uh, aim attack. I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. so like that's the, why because it needle. wasn't a listener. It wasn't a listener. The needle itself, I was like, Ew. yeah. <laughs> and I had like more blood on my. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, little yeah, band aid. Oh yeah, my my wife got a little bit of blood on hers because I was kind of teasing her for still having the band aid on the next oh, day. Uh-huh. I didn't bleed at all, but yeah, I guess it's just the luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. draw. Yeah, the first I didn't bleed at all, but the second one I had two old blood and spots. Just, for people who are wondering now, wait, which did she get? We know it was a two-dose vaccine you got. Yes, I got the Pfizer. Hey, Whoa, team at Pfizer? Kaiser? Yeah. You I got thought- Pfizer at Kaiser? I got Pfizer at Kaiser. <laughs> they had both Moderna and Pfizer that they oh. were um, doing. Interesting, because yeah. their big contract is with Moderna. Yeah, I was oh. picturing you getting Moderna. Yeah. So, hey, no, they welcome had, to they team had Pfizer. both there, and they had all sorts hmm. of, like, at the little station where you get your vaccine, they have little kind of notices up, I think, really for the text to be like, this is the batch of Moderna we have right now, this is the batch of Pfizer we have right now, hmm. and then the time frame for coming back is different, depending right. on if it's Moderna or yeah, Pfizer. Just so okay. then, but yeah. you know, if yeah, you got the Moderna difference. today, you come back on this date, and if you got the Pfizer today, like, this is when you're supposed to come back. So they had both of them there. Did they have you pick? They didn't. Okay. They didn't they, have me okay. pick. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Here I you thought know, we had another Moderna. When you say that, I actually think that when I scheduled my appointment, I might have had like a choice. Oh, okay. That could be a false memory. But they definitely didn't ask me when I was there. Was Satan there? Was there a satanic ritual going on? Because then mm. it's definitely a false memory. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there were some some now satanic rituals going it. on. Now that you now that I've you added that. a false memory, and to that's the false why memory. I was so scared. Why else would I be? Why else would I be crying standing in line to get a standard oh, shot? Wow, you I never know? thought of it that's, like that. Yeah, there how, it is. Well, how about uh, post shot for both times? Did you have any kind of symptoms? So the first time I had arm pain for a couple of days, but. Nothing other than that. And so it was like, I couldn't sleep on my left side the first night. And if like Michael would brush against me and be like, ow. (laughs) Um, But then that went away, you know, after a couple of days. And then for the second one, no arm pain at all. Felt really good. I had the shot at like 1030 in the morning. I had a board meeting that night at 7, and at 6.30, I was like, even said out loud, I'm like, I'm doing really well. Like, I'm good to go. And then at 6.45, I, like, started falling asleep at the kitchen table. And and I, like, texted the board chair and the board secretary, and I was like, 
I can't make it. And <laughs> I was typing really slow on your earphone. I was airphone. typing really uh-huh. slow on my earphone and my eyes are closed. And I was asleep by seven o'clock. Whoa. Yeah. Sudden. Yeah. I was really tired after. I forget if it was first or second, but I, I got real sleepy peepee. Yeah. Yeah. So I slept solid until like four in the morning and then I slept some more. And then I had a full day of headache body aches, just that kind of like flu feeling. So I'm glad that Michael and I actually got our vaccines at separate times Mm. because Mm -hmm. he had very similar reactions to his Pfizer one. And so I took care of him when he was sick. And then he took care of me when I was sick (laughs) and brought me things on the couch. (laughs) I need water. um, But yeah, then it was all done and I haven't had COVID? Yeah, no, haven't have not had COVID. Hey, haven't worked. had any issues and good. Yeah, and I good. um I'm surprised how much safer I feel because oh, I wasn't good. really expecting like That's I wasn't. I'm doing this to protect myself because right. I'm afraid for myself. I yeah, it like, sounded like you're more driven by civic duty. Yeah, like not at all worried for myself. Or so I thought. Now that I have the vaccine, I mm. realized that like, oh, I really did have kind of some low level anxiety mm-hmm. around being out around other people, even though though we're wearing masks or even though we're outside or whatever, like that anxiety was really there. That you just weren't fully aware of. Yeah. And so now that it's gone, I'm like, oh, this is really nice. nice. It's really nice to go visit my parents and like, even though they're not vaccinated, I feel worried about being around them and like giving them a hug. When I take a walk around our condo complex, like I keep my mask in my pocket, but I don't feel like I have to wear it all the time. I can Mm -hmm. just like be out and about and and sitting here with you guys, giving hugs, getting to hug you guys and Drew and like, ah. Feels really nice. I'm going to a pool party tomorrow. It, it really yeah. does. Like the first party I'd gone to with friends in person, where it was ten people, and they were from Sunday Assembly from that group. We were all vaccinated. That was kind of the condition of the party. You vaccinated, and so I saw my friend Yari, and we just reflexively shook each other's hands. And I realized I had not shaken a hand in a year and a half. Oh wow! Oh, wow. And we just looked at each other and went, "Whoa!" Whoa. <laughs> like. Can, Let's do it again. Let's go shake hands again. Oh my god! Wow, that's so weird. Just not having done that for the longest period in my yeah. remembered yeah. life. And Sunday Sunday Assembly is that atheist group, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, we were all respecters of science and right. all vaccinated, and it was wild to yeah. get together again with people. But now every time there is something, I'm like. Oh, it's because of the vaccine. Michael was like, I'm kind of tired today. I'm like, it's because of the vaccine. And I'm like, I have this little patch of dry skin that's a little bit scaly. It's because of the vaccine. You know, so <laughs> How long has it been since you got it? Two weeks, about two weeks. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry to interrupt, guys. It's me, Carrie, from a couple weeks from now, reaching back into the past. Just minor time travel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's so much attention given to the long-term time travel. I really want to buzz market short-term time travel. There you go. Uh, I'm watching the Netflix series Dark, and they time travel in units of 33 years. Oh, okay. See, I want to do like 80 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So you can't stop World War II, but, you know. Maybe you can. Maybe there's a critical moment, you know? (laughs) You know, my friend Lindsay, she always says if she went back in time, instead of killing baby Hitler, she would just encourage his painting. Yes. Oh, I've always been of the opinion that I would just bribe the art school in Vienna. You know, oh, okay, take there him. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here's the money. Oh, uh, you take and Lindsay him. should work on that. Oh, yeah. 
anyway, All right, we have a plan. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of time, it's 2021, folks, and nobody has time for uncomfortable shoes. That's where Rothy's comes in. Their styles are sustainably made with materials like plastic water bottles, and they're fully machine washable. Dang, and they're available in tons of shapes, styles, and colors, so you can always find the one that's right for you. Personally, the one that's right for me is this cute little green pair with, okay, I kept saying that it was like a gold starburst, and then I put a picture on Instagram and people were like, that's not a starburst, that is a like stenograph or something and i was like okay all right well they're people okie dokie anyway it's a cool design okay (laughs) cara's personal favorites are the uh little black numbers but they've got a blue stripe on them a little bit of blue piping okay yeah it's elegant just a little something they're good everywhere they really are. And did you know that popular website Pop Sugar named Rothy's one of the most comfortable and cute flats you'll never tire of wearing? Well, I know that now. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And who better to tell you about how comfortable Rothy's are than real customers? Mm, for example, give me a testimonial, Ross. All right. Julie A., mm-hmm. for example, she says, there's no break-in period, no blisters, just pure comfort. I have no idea what Julie B. said because Rothy's didn't include that in this wasn't copy. an A-B test. But no wonder Rothy's best-selling shoe, the Point in Black, has over 5,000 near-perfect reviews. I think uh, that's the exact same shoe Kara got. I should make sure she leaves a review there. Make it near-perfect. <laughs> well, let's, let's get over 5,000 at least. <laughs> so upgrade your closet with washable, sustainable, and stylish shoes and bags from Rothy's. Plus, they just launched men's shoes. Hey! Oh, wow. Okay, so make sure to check them out for you or the guy in your life or whoever likes to wear men's shoes. Yeah. Oh, it's time. It's your time to shine, Ross. It could be my time to shine. Oh, my God. Rossies. Rossies.com. So head to Rothy's. Don't get confused. Head to Rothy's.com slash oh no to find your new favorites today. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash oh no. But wait, there's more. You know what is the original time traveling device? The internet. The internet. Everything on the internet. Think about this. Everything on the internet happened in the past. Whoa. Whoa. Right? Even if it's live streamed, it's in the past. Well, even now I'm looking at you and I see (laughs) photons that left you certainly uh, a very short time ago. Okay, but even more in the past. Indeed. Yes. That's right. You're right. I do time travel already and I don't get enough credit for it. But you know, a dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. And you can make whatever your dream is a reality with Squarespace. Everybody needs a website for Mm -hmm. maybe their production company, Mm -hmm. maybe their online business. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You probably need a website for it. And you might want to blog or publish content. You might want to promote your physical or online business. You might want to announce an upcoming event or special project. You might want to do more things and you can do them all with Squarespace. And Squarespace gives you access to beautiful beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Also, they have powerful e-commerce functionality. That's right. And they have a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. I'm not sure when that new way will just become the standard way, but it's been a new way for a while. Well, forget the old way. Mm -hmm. As soon as everyone forgets the old way. That's when. Then we won't call it that. And also, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support. (sighs) The prestigious Stevie. Stevie. So check out squarespace.com slash oh no for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code oh no to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You help us, you help yourself. Help us help you 
help us help you. Help you, student hat. Uh, something just popped up on my phone here, Carrie. It's uh, Oh, it's a Jumbotron. Oh. They find so many clever ways to get to us. They really do. It's starting to feel kind of invasive. But what does it say? Uh, this one's from Sean Chapman. Oh. And he says, want to take your podcast to the next level? Hire an experienced audio engineer to edit your episodes. With a background in music production, I have trained ears, flat speakers, and a home studio, which means my overhead is low and you save on cost. The first episode is free, so you can make an educated Whoa. decision before spending any money. Also save 20% on your first invoice by entering the code GOATSPERM in the subject line at chapmanshawnm at gmail.com. Or go to seanchapmanaudio.com. That's S-H-A-U-N-C-H-A-P-M-A-N audio, A-U-D-I-O.com. And that's goat sperm. That's the code. Uh, two words, goat sperm. You get it. Uh, wow, very generous offer there yeah. for all of you other podcasters out there. Make a show. Do the thing. And speaking of podcasts, we have one more Jumbotron. This one from Michael Kent. There's so much stuff we should have learned in school but didn't. Oh, thankfully, there's a podcast to pick up where the education system failed us. It's everything from strange facts about sandwiches to socially important topics like the successful 1898 coup in Wilmington. Mm, okay. The show is called The Internet Says It's True, and it's hosted by comedian and magician Michael Kent. You can find it by searching wherever you're listening. Once again, it's called The Internet Says It's True. Sounds fun. It does sound fun. And back to the conversation with Claire. Well, one of our former interview guests. Oh, my good friend, Jaron Campanella. Jaron Campanella, who we talked to about the flat earth. He is a flat earth proponent. You and Jaron have been talking, Carrie, and maybe you can tell this story. Jaron is my flat earth friend. We talk via text all the time, really. And he's great. I really like Jaron. I think he's a really good dude. And we have very good conversations where, you know, he'll present me with his thoughts on things like COVID. And I'll say, yep, that's one way to look at it. Here's how I see that. And everything is quite respectful. So he texted me a couple weeks ago and said, well, actually, the way he started it was, I hate this world. And I was like, hey, Jaron, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it turned out, yes, good to see you. But it turned out. He had received a bunch of videos from people who said that ever since they or their loved one got the COVID vaccine, magnets, oh, I'm sorry that I'm laughing because I don't want to be, but magnets were sticking to their skin. This oh, is a thing. At the injection site. Carrie, oh. Carrie, get out your magnets. Hers is fresher than mine. Yeah. I was thinking that I'm not sure where they are right now. Do you have those, like, um? what are those called? Those, like, rare earth magnets that are super strong? Neodymium uh, magnets. That's the kind. He said, you know a lot of vaccinated people test it. Which, honestly, I thought, cool. like, good attitude and also, oh, Jaron trusts me, you know? Aww, His friend yeah. who's a journalist and a global earther. And he trusts me. That's mm. nice. So anyway, so I was like, I'll do it. You got it. But I want you to pick the magnets because I don't want to hear about this afterward, how I got the wrong magnets. That was a really good call. Thank you. So he picked out the magnets on Amazon. I ordered them. And he said, mostly people who got Pfizer and got their last shot within the last month. Mm-hmm. They were the most likely for it That's to me. stick. That's yeah. you. That's me. So first I did it to Ross uh-huh. and I told him, don't tell me which arm you got the shot in. I'm going to guess, but it didn't stick to either, either arm, arm on any measure. But I sent it to Jaren 
And you know what, Ross? Afterward, he said, yeah, I'm starting to think this is just like a mistake, a mental blip people are having. Oh, good for him. Yeah, yeah. One very likely plausible explanation is that some people have more oils on their skin Mm -hmm. than others and a small, thin magnet just might stick by surface adhesion. Yep. It also seems... What about so- iron in the blood, like Magneto? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't all be Magneto. Yeah, well, there's not. there's that famous magnetic boy who supposedly spoons will stick to his skin, but what? it's just like he's particularly sweaty. <laughs> and then also, <laughs> also there's like basically like you can learn to sort of flex yours mm-hmm. and flex isn't mm-hmm. the right word, but you know, move your skin and balance in such a way that it'll stick a little longer than sure. you expect it I to. I wish we knew where those okay, magnets Okay, okay, I'll try to find the magnets. You two vamp. Okay. Great. Hey, Ross. Hey, Claire. How's you it know, going? Well, it's going pretty good. Here's what I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying that Golly the Cat is walking around all the recording equipment, yes. drinking from people's glasses. Rubbing up and, against microphones. And letting me Pet her. She's so soft. Yeah, she is. She's now, so soft. I'm used to petting Evening, and I think Evening has a little more chub under the, the fluff. Oh, see. So I'm feeling more bones than I'm used to. Window has gotten so skinny. Window's such a skinny kitty now, and um, she's still very fluffy, but she's so bony, and I, I like how golly is, oh, yeah. is a little plump. Car- I'm sorry. I can't find them. Carrie has Aww. scoured the whole place. Okay. Well, yeah, thanks sorry. for trying. I don't know how it's possible to lose something in here, because I have like a very <laughs> clean manicure department, but... If only you remembered where your magnet detector is, because then it should be mm. easy to find magnets because you just have another <laughs> magnet and you, you wave it over everything. And eventually, like just one of the drawers of rattles. Oh, all I need is an MRI machine. <laughs> Turn it on. Get your own brain MRI here. And you have magnets on the refrigerator, I, but I they're do. probably not very strong. Well, right. let's try those, those just in case. Okay, okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, so we'll have to admit that a negative would mean nothing but a positive would be a point mm-hmm. for the yes. folks who say something's amiss with these vaccines. Okay, Ross is bringing a googly eye magnet. I happen to know which arm you've been vaccinated in, so yeah, we can't can do the, the blinding bruise. here. Okay, let's see. Stick it right on the bruise. Oh, that didn't stick at all. God, I'm not Are you sweating. even trying? I'm trying really hard. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> if she raises Claire's her arm her up. Arm almost 90 degrees. <laughs> can I get a picture of that? Absolutely. Wow. It's sticking. <laughs> That's more appropriately called balancing, I think. I think you're right. Oh, but I've developed enough sweat now, I think, that it's... Uh, hey, it's bonded. Hey, hey, that's pretty good. Okay, yeah, that's now, pretty good. okay so here's a question. Can okay. we do that on the other side? That same thing. Carrie, you want to... Oh, oh sure. I'm sure. Oh, I mean, no, well, let's test it. What, now, you got it in your left arm both times? Yeah. Okay. I did think about getting it in my right arm the it's second a, time. Just about the same spot? Out. Yeah. Are you right arm dominant? I am. Oh, ho, ho. oh, 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 oh my God. Okay, same behavior on the other arm. All right, well, so much for the magnet theory. Yes, so much for the magnet theory. Well, if I find the others in the next two weeks, I'll let you know, Claire, because then maybe I'll stop by your house and try it on you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Carrie just found... I lifted up my hat. The magnets within arm reach of where she was sitting the whole time. And I shot... (laughs) 
Yeah, well, it was under this hat. <laughs> I okay, picked okay, up okay. my only you can prevent forest fire smoky bear hat. It was hidden under a bushel. Okay, okay now, so now Carrie now has. Now we really get to try. Now we really get to try. <laughs> so Jaren had me buy this hundred piece thing of magnets, and he said to use the one that's about the size of a nickel or a dime, which Ross and I decided is this. The largest one. of them. Okay, and this is a rare flat earth magnet. I guess I because Jaron recommended it. it. I don't remember what it was called okay. exactly, but he's As opposed he, to a rare earth magnet, <laughs> a rare flat earth magnet. <laughs> Thank you. I follow. Thank you. I follow. Oh, Thank I you. see. I see. But he took a while finding these exact ones. That was a very smart move to ask him to choose your magnets. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was saved a lot of them. trouble down the road. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let's okay. try oh, this. You want to do it yourself? I'm, okay. I'm going to try to stick it on there as best I can. Oh, it's sticking okay. to my She's finger. Okay, so it didn't work on Did that. Did you get arm, any vaccine? But, but you want to use both. Arm. Try both sides. Yeah, so both sides of your oh, of the magnet of the and magnet. of your arm. Okay, okay. So let me see. Okay, right. I cannot get that. Not to sticking stack. on the right arm. Over. Okay. It really likes sticking to my finger though, because my <laughs> finger has like you know just the grippy fingerprints. Yeah, of sure, that's what they're oh, yeah. for. Okay, so it doesn't stick to the non-vaccinated arm. Okay. okay, we wouldn't expect it to. Right? Oh yes, good control. Established okay. control. Yeah. Vaccinated arm, and I know right where I got the vaccine. Yeah, still got the bruise. bruise. Let's see. I cannot get it to stick. No, no. neither it side. It won't do it. Neither side. It's. St- uh, eh. Yes. Oh, okay. Hey, yes. Wait. wait. Yes. Okay, we got it okay. for a moment. Okay. Okay. It's definitely just sticking to like the sweat on my skin. You feel so it? You I, am, I am aware that it's like. <laughs> so you didn't feel that because it did say you'd feel a magnetic pull. You didn't feel that? I don't you had feel to, You had magnet- to fight for the stick? I've got it. It's sticking. It's sticking. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's all real. Yay. Okay. Okay. It's, it's stuck. It, that would be good enough for a YouTube video to say yeah, that totally. you were magnetized by the vaccine. One of my favorite things about the videos <laughs> is that the vast majority of the ones I saw were a person who was against vaccination doing it to their elderly parents who had been given the vaccination by their home that they lived in. Yeah. And so that parent just kind of didn't know what was going on exactly. And then this kid is like sort of pushing into the folds of the skin Uh, of their elderly parent. Yeah. I mean, oh boy, a lot was going on there. Claire looks very proud. I am so proud of this magnet. This is is legit sticking. Okay. Well, I guess that's all real. I don't feel a magnetic force. But it's here, and I'm going to leave it here while we, like, my arm is totally. <laughs> yeah. Now, like the question vertical. is could you do that to the other arm? I think I could. You okay. Try? I, I think I definitely could. Yeah. I okay. was going to say, give me another, and let me put it on the other side. <laughs> okay. I think the trick was because I had touched the magnet so many times with my fingers, and there's just kind of like the. Oh, sure. The, the stickiness of that, if yeah. you will. I feel like it's kind of the stickiness of my fingers that. Have that made it, oh, been the, able to stick the to my arm. One side had accumulated some oil on. That's it. right. You know, it was so like fresh and clean on yeah. the first arm the first time. So my, now let's see. Another possibility to me. Yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's on both arms. arms both arms. <laughs> okay, there we go. Very proud of little, myself. Gonna do a little video if that's okay. Okay, yep. So okay. this is my right arm, which is not the vaccinated arm. Check out that magnet stickage. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my okay. gosh. Look, I'm even like turning it upside down. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then this is my left Over arm, here. which is the vaccinated Whoa. arm. Look at that stickage. Also sticking. But you can't use perfectly clean magnets. They won't stick. You gotta, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta just like, you 
got to just make him a little bit You need sticky. a force other than just pure magnetism. So what you need is a little <laughs> bit of sweat off your palms. And then and then they stick. Okay. Yeah. A very effective very demonstration. Mag- well done. Magnetic. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Well, I'll leave these on for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, tell us when they come we'll off. We'll see how long they stick. Jaren told me that he did go to the mall and try it on a bunch of people. I think he said he mostly found people who were vaccinated. And I had told him beforehand, like, you need to find an equal number of unvaccinated people to right. compare mm-hmm. it against. Yes. At least do that much. So he was trying to do that. But he... he there goes one. But I, I flexed my muscle. Oh, no. Oh, they're both gone but now. No. no the that- one on the vaccinated arm is still oh! here. It <laughs> okay. is still here. Okay. Um, but, there it goes. Oh. I flexed the muscle. <laughs> but unsurprisingly, in this public area, Jaron mostly found people who had been vaccinated and felt mm. safe going to the mall. <laughs> he said, the one lady that it stuck to the most was just really sweaty, so we didn't get her. <laughs> I love that too. Always the, uh, well, let's discount this evidence because. Uh, oh, no, she was she was vaccinated, but he wasn't willing to count her among oh, vaccinated oh, stickers because she okay. was so sweaty. Well yeah. done, Jaren. I'm telling you, Jaren's the best. Good, That's for, awesome. good for you, Jaren. Yeah, I really, really like Jaren. I think I'm going to invite him to my wedding and he's going to be my one unvaccinated attendee. You'll have like herd immunity. And yeah, it should yeah, be fine. It should be fine. His wife just had a baby. Oh. Anyway. All right. Claire. Yeah. Claire, is it? Yeah. Carrie, you got haunted. Another, yes. Another reason we wanted to chat with you is because we've mentioned here and there about the story about me being haunted in yeah. 2008, where it turned out that it was just a carbon monoxide, a minor carbon mm-hmm. monoxide leak in my mm-hmm. apartment, but enough to make me hallucinate and feel a strange, ominous presence. And I have just a couple friends who were around for that, but mm-hmm. you were the one who heard the most about it, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we knew each other yet. That we no, met maybe right. the next year. Pre, yeah. Pre-CFI. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never really asked you since then, like, what your memories of that are, because it's yeah. been 13 years, yeah. and I now wonder how many of my memories about it are accurate because also now I've told the story so many times that it's the experience is like um, necessarily shrunken down to the story for me. Okay. So I'm curious, yeah, like what stands out to you from that time or if you can tell us like the the Cliff's Notes. The story that we're telling, Carrie mentioned it briefly in her Faith Journey episode recently, but if you want to hear kind of the most public telling of it, you can look for her TED Talk. Should be easy to find, just Carrie Poppy TED Talk, and then that'll bring it up where she felt she had a ghost in her house. So Claire was there at the time and can kind of remember what happened. So what I recall most is like, how terrified you were you were really freaked out and very certain that there was like a dark spirit an evil energy like something in that house that was haunting you I don't recall if you ever shared anything about physical manifestations of that other than just like feelings right like I feel Mm -hmm. like there is a presence in this house yeah I remember going into that space and being very aware, like, I don't feel any bad energy in here, Mm. like for me. And Mm -hmm. at that time, I was still very much in that space of like, God is real, spirits are real, like there are good forces and bad forces. So it wasn't just you being a hardened skeptic. It wasn't just, no, I was not a hardened skeptic. And so I didn't feel anything there. 
So I wasn't sure that it was something that was real, but I definitely know what you're supposed to do when there is mm. a dark spirit mm -hmm. or a negative energy that is like following you and harassing you and like you were clearly terrified. So I remember telling you to do what I was always told to do when there is a spirit that is bothering you, which is you can sage the space, right? Like mm -hmm. clear the spirit out of the space. And so I don't know if like, I told you to go to Psychic Eye to get Sage, or if you went to Psychic Eye on your own, which is like a new agey bookstore that has that kind of stuff. I remember you being terrified of Psychic Eye too. And yeah. There were like bad spirits there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the connection when you're done. Okay. Let's see how they match see up. See how they all match yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm certain that I would have told you to imagine yourself like surrounded by a white light and you need mm. to tell the spirit to go away. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I definitely felt very convinced that like, even if the spirit wasn't real, because like I wasn't convinced it was because I was like, well, I don't feel anything here. And mm. like, I'm so very, I'm so very psychically attuned, <laughs> you know, having been vegetarian all these years and having <laughs> oh, like, excuse me, vegetarian since I was four, thank you. Oh, right, That's why I could sense it. Of course, okay. But you, but you didn't go vegetarian to heighten your psychic powers. That I mean, was like one of no, the No, I was born I with them, vegetarian. so I didn't need to. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Scott Pilgrim. I don't know if you've ever seen this, yes. but they have the vegan powers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's funny. What's that character called? Oh, I'm trying to remember. It's He's played by Brandon Ruth, who was Superman in one film. Yeah. He has the, the super, vegan powers. The super vegan. I've seen the movie. I didn't like it. So I'll three. let you guys think about well, this because I don't whatever. remember. Someone can write in and tell you who the character was. <laughs> oh, yeah. We just got 14 emails. Yep. Yeah. So I remember, like, I didn't personally feel convinced that there was a spirit there, but I knew you were terrified and feeling yeah. something. And so the tricks of the trade that I was offering to you, I thought, like, okay, if there is a bad spirit, this is actually going to get rid of it. Mm. And if there's not, this is going to give you, like, the mental comfort of, right. like, I've done the that things to get, to get rid of the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't work. <laughs> right. I know that is surprising to me, even in retrospect, mm -hmm. that it didn't even work for a little bit. Yeah. Because I... Hmm. Interesting. I, yeah. You know, it makes sense to me that... There'd be a placebo effect of some but, sort. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it makes sense to me that a couple friends who came in, you, my friend Brad, and my friend Brittany, all came in and were like, well, I don't feel anything. You know, that was like, that was just sort of the base level reaction. And then... They'd go from there. You know, you said, yeah. well, but here's what you can do. Brad was like, I don't think there's anything. And uh, Brittany just kind of comforted me. But everyone was in agreement with that. And looking back, I'm like, well, that makes sense. I had been being poisoned for a while sure. and staying there. And so th that makes sense. They wouldn't feel it hmm. just immediately. But I'm still surprised that I didn't even get enough of a placebo hit to just yeah. be like, okay, yeah, I think things are better for a mm -hmm. while. Mm -hmm. No, it was just like, this didn't do fucking anything. Wow. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's significant. Yeah. By the way, it was Todd Ingram, a.k.a. Todd the Vegan. Okay. Save your emails. <laughs> yeah, so the connection to the psychic eye, mm -hmm. the feeling actually started in the psychic eye. 
Oh, oh that's right. And it followed you. It followed me. <gasps> it followed you oh, from no, the psychic y- eye. You had kind of like in the Haunted Mansion, a hitchhiking spirit. Hitchhiking spirit. That followed followed you home. Yeah. I and can't do a Paul Freeze. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I think the experience lasted so long before I explored other explanations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that when I first heard that like you know carbon monoxide thing my first reaction was like well it didn't start here it started at the psychic eye and I need to go sage the psychic eye (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I remember that when you told me to do the sage ceremony you Mm -hmm. said you know say this is my space go away go back to the psychic eye Mm. and so that's what I was saying like go back go back to the psychic (laughs) I'm sorry I took you from there. Go! And it didn't. But yeah, I still don't totally get what happened there. Like, because that is the order of operations as far as I know is that I went to the psychic eye. Maybe like I had already started to build up something and then the creepy Mm -hmm. atmosphere of the psychic eye was just sort of just enough to trigger. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird, right? Or maybe... You really did bring back something from the psychic eye. Sure. It had left because it was like, there's a gas leak. <laughs> this is not safe. I got to go back to the gotta psychic get eye. Out of here. The psychic eye is a new building. I am going back there. No leak problems. Claire, one of the reasons that I really wanted to talk about this on the show, because this has been bothering me, that a mutual friend of Ross's and mine told me that someone we know, like, really doubts this story, was like, we would know if this had happened to her. She would have talked about it so much, and we never heard about it. And I was like, what? Oh, really? Who's saying this? Yeah. Now, I'm curious. Was this the Hobbit home? Because I always picture it. No. Where were you living then? This was before then. Yeah, this was Matillaha Lane in Sherman Oaks. And you were renting a back house from my boyfriend's (laughs) mother. That's right. The most terrible boyfriend I've ever had (laughs) in my life. Terrible mother. And his mother is terrible too. (laughs) Oh, no. The whole family is terrible. terrible Except the grandfather was so great. I wish I could have taken, (laughs) I wish I could have taken the grandfather with me out of that relationship. To rescue him. No, he was From the so, carbon monoxide. So, cool. so you spell out the denouement of the story in your TED Talk. Yeah. But essentially, you went online. Mm-hmm. And how did you find a skeptic forum talking about related issues? Well, first, let me say, I don't think they described themselves as skeptics because that would have turned me off and okay. still does. <laughs> but yeah, I just looked up like ghost hunters. And that just happened to be the thing that came up when I was looking for like... I don't know. I don't know what search terms I was using, but I was trying to get to my specific situation, like ghost hunters, one spirit in a house. Or, I don't know, and that's just having to be what came up. And it was a almost bulletin boardy kind of message board. Okay, mm-hmm. very old school picture I'm seeing in my head. If I remember correctly, I actually posted on it rather than like reading something pre-written oh okay i think hey can anybody help me with this issue i'm having Uh, yeah i'm pretty sure that's right and someone said like uh you should get tested for carbon monoxide good for them just in case yeah so the power of google the power of this forum (laughs) the power of putting the question out there on this particular person who answered with that suggestion yeah and then i called the gas company i'm pretty sure the guy who came out was the same guy (laughs) who had come out earlier (laughs) 
<laughs> he must have thought I was such a kook. But he came out once earlier because I was convinced something was wrong with my stove because I had just basically never cooked before. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I cooked some, but not regularly. And I was like, I turned my stove on and then there were these noises. <laughs> He's like, okay. And so he like looked in there and like, Okay, well, your pilot light's fine. Let's see. Well, let's turn it on. Let's see if we hear the noise. Yeah. Turn it on. Two minutes later. And he's like, yeah, that's the fire. <laughs> that, that's what makes it the hot. Fire, the fire cooks the food. <laughs> so anyway, I'm pretty sure the same guy came back the second time. What do you got on the I'm menu like, today? Okay, so now I'm being haunted. <laughs> But I heard it could be carbon dioxide. Yeah, monoxide. monoxide. Oh, I keep doing that, yeah. No, a lot of people do. Monoxide, that's the poisonous one. But then again, you don't want too much carbon dioxide either, but... True, yes. true. You can have a lot more, though. Yeah, so anyway, came with just one of those little meters and was like, huh? oh, shit, yeah. This is actually this a problem. This is bad, yeah. You're less crazy now, lady. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Are you using the oven a lot? I've always been curious because I've heard one of the signs of carbon monoxide poisoning is in your fingernails, that they'll change color. Oh. oh I was just curious if you noticed that or if oh, you heard that at the time. I don't remember that. Like so they'll if... turn red, I believe. Oh, interesting. If that happens, it didn't stick out in my memory. Okay. But, but I think that's pretty extreme by the time that shows up. I remember Brad saying, when I went back to my friend Brad and said, oh, guess what? There's like a CO leak in my house. He said, are you bleeding in your, like, from your tear ducts? I was like, no, that would have set off an alarm a lot sooner. Then it'd be like stigmata. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely wouldn't have been like, when I'm telling you the story of my house, when I called Brad earlier, I wouldn't have started with, well, there's just like a creepy feeling. (laughs) And yeah, like, I just get the sense of foreboding being looked at. I'm bleeding from my eyes. That's called burying the lead. And did you have any recollection, Claire, of that aftermath? And did she contact you as soon as she found out what the solution was to this mystery? Yeah, I mean, I gosh, I can't remember like how quickly you would have called me or anything like that. But I do remember the like, oh my God, it's been a gas leak and I've been poisoned. <laughs> and like, there were so many things wrong with that house. So then the very next thing was like, you don't have to pay rent and you got to get out of there yeah. kind of a thing. <laughs> And I had Ella and my other dog, Toomey. And I, oh my God. They were being affected by this as well. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Toomey was so nuts. That's the reason. That's the reason. Um, Yeah. So I feel like it very quickly turned into like, I'm okay. Where are you going to live? And then. Um, and Claire the found the Hobbit house. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, I'm so helpful. What a yeah. great friend I am. <laughs> <laughs> but you also found the haunted I house. So yeah. Mm. I mean, I also picked that relationship, which like touche. I mean, touche. To be fair, my house had just burned down, so it wasn't making that choice. Listen, there's a lot of wow. house horrors in this friendship. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. My yeah. yeah, yeah. Claire's family, like family the house she grew up in, down. burned down. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. I know. What yeah. a journey. That was sad. Yeah. But anyway, about my story, and actually, that was 2007. When you would ask me, like, hey, come tell this story, I started trying to, like, put together some of these different timelines because sometimes the years just start to blur together. Yeah, and I'm for like, sure. God, I don't know. I mean, I had to do this for 
Michael's like security clearance with the government. They oh, yeah. interview you mm. about like when did you meet him? When did you meet him? When did you move in together? When did you live here? When did you do that? How when was he working there? And I'm like, does he ever talk favorably about other countries? Jeez, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh God, some of the questions they asked, like I literally laughed out loud because they were so ridiculous. Of, right, like, but then you don't plans want it to, to re- violently overthrow the government. I'm like what? <laughs> Oh, <clears throat> is it hurting him that no, I'm laughing? He, no, he does not. He does not have those plans. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so I started kind of like going through old emails trying to find like, oh, yeah, gosh, like when did those different things happen and found the article, one of the news articles from when the house fire happened. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was March 2007. Okay. And then also like kind of within that timeline is somewhat quickly after that like my journey into atheism coming off of your journey into atheism yeah. and like the blog that you published about that. So yeah, so I was like trying to, so I was like, gosh, why would I give her this advice of like, cause I know I told her like, you gotta like tell the spirit to go away and you need to picture a white light. And like, why would I come up with that if I was an atheist? And I was like, Oh, that was later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all fitting together now. Okay. And also journeys in and out of things are so, Oh, sure. Stagnated. Because yeah. that essay that you're mentioning where I realized like, oh, my God, I, oh, my God, I don't believe in God and wrote this thing online. I have a mental image of me writing it in that same place, that oh, same haunted apartment. So I think I already reckoned myself not a believer in God when I was obviously still believing in spirits or something. You know, I mean, sure. these, these progressions are all... They have fuzzy edges. Yeah. But Carrie's atheism predated your own? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so it was actually that blog that you published. And I have like, I have very clear memories of this. And it was funny because like listening to your like faith journey, there Mm -hmm. were pieces of it that I was like, she didn't talk about such and such, which like totally stands out. (laughs) No, no. Like your experiences. Like I feel like I remember them, like Ah. things that were happening like our freshman year in college and stuff you were like things that I had like we were having discussions about these things you were struggling with oh, okay. and like so anyway it was really interesting to like hear that story and mm. be like oh, but she didn't talk about this but she didn't yeah <laughs> and then stories other squash things know, right yeah. you know so you'd publish that blog yeah you had emailed me or texted me or whatever and been like oh my god like this crazy Christian guy has like picked up my blog and I've, there's like been 500 comments overnight And I got that while I was at my sister's college graduation, like on the East Coast. So I'm sitting in this graduation ceremony, kind of waiting for everything to start. And it's a huge school. So there's like lots of people filing in. And so I'm reading your blog post on my phone while I'm waiting for this whole thing to start. And I didn't know that like you had become an atheist. So I knew that like you'd lost a lot of faith I knew that there had been a lot of pieces of moving through like, well, maybe the red letter Bible is okay. And like, Mm -hmm. it's just Mm. Jesus's words. Mm -hmm. Like, that's okay. But, and I can let go of all this like bullshit from Paul. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of like Mm -hmm. knew these different pieces, but like reading your Paul hard. Oh yeah, Paul. Um, (laughs) Like reading your blog, I was like, I had no idea how far your journey had gone, but I knew you to be like a better person person like a healthier happier Mm. just like more satisfied person in Mm. your life right Mm -hmm. and I was like 
oh, wow, this is why. Mm. It was such a clear articulation. And like in that moment, just reading that, the convocation started for the graduation ceremony. Oh, Oh, wow. And I felt nothing. (gasps) And so like, so as someone, which was unusual. So as someone who like constantly had a dialogue with God in my head, could like, call on whatever deity at whatever moment I needed to like be present with me and work through an issue and have this like just very personal kind of like spiritual relationship with these like other entities, other beings in that moment have the the convocation, like the prayer for the college graduation. There was nothing. There was nothing there. And I was like, Oh, like it wasn't disturbing to me. I was just like aware of it and interested. Yeah. I think that's all in my head. And I read The God Delusion and I was an atheist six months later. Like it was Mm -hmm. not, Mm -hmm. it was not like a painful or difficult journey for me. I think it was a lot harder for the people around me because I think I was kind of a jerk about it. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't talk about that in our episodes. I think there is kind of a a jerk phase. Maybe you could call it where I wanted to debate people. Like when I first kind of found out like, oh, I feel like maybe not consciously, but I've been lied to and I have Mm -hmm. all this new factual information in my head. Mm -hmm. I want to bounce this off against Mm -hmm. other people and other Christians. And I think there is kind of a natural phase when you're kind of getting out of it where you're like in debate mode and watching tons of is there a God debates and creationism versus evolution debates. And anyways, I I think that's a natural thing for anybody out there. And I think was happening at the same time in California, which was... showing same-sex couples to marry religion really allied on the wrong side right right with like religion being so centrally used there and it was Mm -hmm. just like so stark how like oh my god religion is dangerous and harmful and like i really felt like if you're gonna put your religion in the public space to take people's rights away then like I'm going to be in the public space against mm. you and like mm. just saying how like everything you believe is bullshit, right? right. You know, right? Like if you're going to go there, like I'm going to go after you because yeah, yeah. how dare you? Like how dare you use that to take people's rights away? But over time, it's kind of interesting, like for me, like seeing different folks enter the atheist community who were really fresh into that like way of thinking, who were dealing with a lot of like the harm that religion had caused them, who were kind of grappling mm-hmm. with all that stuff. You could kind of see those phases, right? Of just like, oh yeah, people mm-hmm. come into this and they're like, oh, they kind of turn into assholes and there's a lot to <laughs> process. And then like, you feel like victimized or targeted, even though you're really not. And like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes on there. And for me, for Michael, we met at like a like an atheist meetup for my boyfriend prior to that, who was like, also, we met at an atheist meetup. Shout out to Ian. Shout out to Ian. Um, I, think, show. <laughs> I feel like we at differing points, we're kind of like, I don't need to hear like new atheists, like, complain Mm -hmm. about all this stuff that they're going through and Mm. i don't know like we've totally just not been part of that community now yeah it just doesn't feel sort of like present identity Mm -hmm. for me the way it did in like 2008 yeah yeah Yeah. same majorly well it's always been a weird organizing principle just the lack of a particular belief Mm -hmm. you know i think that is the ideal eventually you just want it not to be a thing that anyone has to respond to or wrestle with in any way shape or form 
Yeah. And it doesn't become part of your identity. You're too busy doing other things and being interested in things that matter to you. Yeah, it's weird though, like positioning yourself as having an identity as being outside of something, right? You're atheist, you're not a theist. Feels like, yeah, what could that be? You're just not something. Why would that be a club or why would that mm -hmm. be an identity? And on the other hand, I think of things like the queer movement, like, oh, people who aren't straight, like that's it. It's just like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, like here's what's been determined the norm and here's yeah. some people who aren't in it. <laughs> like, yeah. It yeah. also seems very silly, but Right, but there's the attendant benefits of having a voting block and being right. able to communicate about how to be recognized and bring things to a level of parity. But yeah, eventually it shouldn't be an issue, right? Like right. just you're another ideally, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah ideally. Um, Hashtag future goals. <laughs> well, thank you, Claire, for sharing the follow-up to your vaccination story. I think a lot of people were eager, eager to hear that and for sharing all the other fun stuff you did, including, thank you, Carrie, for uh, telling a little bit more about your story and oh, surely. getting Claire to remember her recollection of that. Yeah, and thank you for getting vaccinated for the good of, of your community. <gasps> You're welcome. I'm a really amazing person. <laughs> just, it's true. I've just well, done so much. <laughs> we really have heard from listeners who were like, Either I didn't know how to talk to my friend who was on the fence until I heard mm -hmm. this and then I sent it to them and now they feel better. Or a couple of people have been like, I got vaccinated now. Aww. Like, I really wasn't sure. So if anybody else is listening, do you say it's worth doing? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I came out just fine <laughs> out the other side and um, I'm really glad that I did it. Yeah. Good. I'm feeling better. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, what a wonderful conversation with Claire. Yeah, that was super fun. She's such a delight. Uh, glad glad she's vaccinated now. Gosh, me too. We can all hang out in the real world. And I guess that's it for our show. Yeah. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join J-O-I-N. Uh, thank you to Victor Figueroa for editing on this episode. And mm -hmm. we have someone else special to thank. Yeah, Mr. Drew Spears. We're recording this outro and our uh, our little ad breaks at Drew Spears Productions in downtown LA. We're here at Drew Spears Productions. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if you need beautiful, beautiful audio. And video. And video. Maybe check it out. Yeah, I, I feel very fancy recording here. It is fancy. You can also support us by telling a friend, by leaving us a positive review. Or, you know, just write a near perfect review. Yeah. Just be like, here are all the things I love, and then just at the end be like, you know. But... One time I met Carrie, there was kind of a BO issue. <laughs> <laughs> and remember. You got this. I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And we're the hosts of Round Springfield. Round Springfield is a Simpsons adjacent podcast where we talk to Simpsons folks about non-Simpsons things. That's right. So in the past, we've gotten to talk to legendary showrunners and writers like Al Jean, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, Dana Gould, Mike Reese, and David X. Cohen. Voice actors like Maurice LaMarche, Maggie Roswell, and Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson. So we've been away <laughs> securing guests for our final five 
five episodes, and we are super excited about them. We're going to talk to Mike Scully, Jeff and Samantha Martin, Jeff Westbrook. Guys, our final episode, we got to interview Matt Groening. We are so excited to share these final recordings. So check out our new episodes of Round Springfield starting June 21st on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about Uh, this... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.